our um, text this morning is uh, the uh, epistle reading from Galatians chapter 4. Just the last verse, if, uh, if you will. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a, a time, it's a long time ago, uh, I lived in New Orleans for a few years, and every once in a while I would have to go from where I worked up to the, the federal building, the headquarters for the Coast Guard's work in that town. Um, the, there was an admiral that was there, he sort of ran the district, and uh, he was nuts. I mean, I, I say that with absolute uh, factuality in my head here. Uh, I mean, he, once I, I told him what I read in the newspaper and he called me a liar. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. So uh, anyway, one of the things that he did that was sort of annoying was that uh, he made all of the officers that worked in the building, and there were quite a few of them, uh, he made them work really, really long hours uh, and what, what that did, I mean, if you tell people that have a little ambition in them and some achievement orientation and maybe a little perfectionism to go on top of all that, which military officers often have that kind of thing, well, you know, that ambition comes to absolutely nothing if you overwork them because they're exhausted all the time. Except this guy was crazy, so he didn't notice it. Now, uh, Eventually, a, a new admiral came in and took over. Uh, and this one was not crazy. He was actually kind of normal. Um, and he came in and he saw that all of his officers were exhausted all the time and they weren't very productive. So he started fussing at him because they were working too hard. <laughs> so, you know, they were working 10, 12 hours a day at least, uh, and uh, he said, if you can't do it in eight hours, you're not doing it right, which was probably a little confusing for them. But it was, uh, you know, you're working too hard, go home, <laughs> rest up, come back to work ready, uh, and of course, then there was great relief for as long as that guy was there. Now, I, this is kind of what's going on with the Galatians. I mean, with like the crazy admiral. Right, so the Galatian people uh, had something like the crazy admiral nagging at them, and, and that was the reason for Paul's letter to them. Some men came behind uh, after Paul had gone through there, actually a couple of times, uh, to teach them. And they, these other guys, they came from Jerusalem, uh, seemingly having some uh, authority. And uh, they said that Gentiles also had to do all the law of Moses if they would want to be Christians. Which, of course, is exactly the opposite of what Paul was teaching them, uh, and it very much upset them. But these guys were saying, well, you've got to get circumcised, and you've got to follow all the rules, and... You have to observe all the feast days and your dietary habits and et cetera, et cetera. There's 
600 and something laws that they got pulled up on them. Uh, Paul is telling them in this letter, though, that they're free of all that because Christmas happened. I mean, he says, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. That's, that's where he's sending this. Christmas happened. Christ came into the world in the flesh and fulfilled all of those rules for them, which, you know, might have been a little confusing, I suppose, especially with guys that were actually there, and Paul actually wasn't because he was somewhere else, but uh, it, it, it was difficult. Now, it's, it's not like the rules suddenly stop being rules or something, because that's not really true. Even Jesus said he didn't abolish any of them. Uh, God's uh, house in heaven, his family, is a holy thing in a holy place. Uh, yet you are what all of Scripture calls slaves to sin. Uh, uh, right up until Paul says something different. So you, you can't stop it, though. You can't stop sinning. That's what slave means, slave to sin. And uh, as, as hard as you would like to try, you can't make it go away. Um, but, it's, you know, that Jewish notion is nothing but condemnation. Because, you know, if you have to do all those laws and you can't do any of them without sinning, then that's really big trouble. Nothing but condemnation there. Uh, it was so for the Jews as well, and, and Paul told them so. Why would you inflict the thing on somebody else when you can't do it yourself? Well, okay. But no one, not even Old Testament Jews, could hold to these rules, so, and they never did. I mean, you could read just about any part of the, New Test uh, the Old Testament, and you know that that's true. So can slaves to sin and death ever be given a place in God's house? Or are you forever just unfaithful servants? So you can see where the difficulty lies, depending on how this debate comes out. Now, it's true enough that you were born under law. I mean, this is true. We all are. God has uh, laws of the universe, the orders of creation, and that's even if you don't have the laws of Moses and uh, you are aware of the Ten Commandments, among many other things that God said, and you know they're good, so you know you're supposed to pay attention to them, but you can't. And, and that can only have one result. Uh, broken rules. Sin is what we call that, and the wages of sin is death, and sinners are what you are, and so you can see where there's nothing but digging holes there. Condemnation before God has to follow all that unless the impossible comes to pass. Of course, the impossible did come to pass, and this is good news for us. Uh, now, the, the, the Galatians must have worried about it too, though, all the things that they were being told. Those visiting and confusing Jerusalem Jews seemed authoritative enough and told them that Jesus only saves if you do what you're supposed to do, if you work it out under the law of Moses. Uh, of course, that would, as it turns out, make what Jesus did in his birth and his death pointless. 
Because if Jesus came and died and it didn't do you any good unless you do a bunch of rules, then that would make what he did a complete waste of time. Why would the son of the living God come into this world and die for nothing? So that should make you suspicious about the whole thing. If it didn't save you, if you had to earn that salvation, the whole thing would be a write-off. Unless the impossible comes to pass. And it did. Jesus is the son of God. He was sent into the world. That's what this Christmas celebration is. He was born to Mary, who is uh, a human woman. And he was born a human child. And at the same time, he was born like the rest of us under the law and commandments of God. This is what we do when we're born. And you cannot do anything to redeem yourselves from the, from the much-deserved punishment that God has waiting in the wings. But Jesus did everything that was required of him under the law. And he's the only one that has ever been able to do such things. It's the reason, or one of the reasons at least, why the Son of God came into the world. And as it turns out, everything required of you, he also did. And then he gave that obedience, that righteousness, to you. You could not do it. You cannot do it. You will not ever be able to do it until he comes in the end. But then he died to forgive you and rose to victory over death for you. That's what Christmas does. Now, it may all seem impossible that the Son of God would do such a thing. You certainly couldn't get yourself out of it. But, but God did. Everything that was necessary is possible for God. And so he accomplished it. So it is still celebrated even today for you. You're no longer slaves to sin and death as you must be on your own. But Paul here says that you've been adopted into God's house as sons. Which is a little weird because as it turns out there are some ladies here. Uh, and, uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't uh, disqualify you exactly. What he, he calls you sons because sons has uh, kind of extended meaning in, in the Old Testament world, which Paul is essentially working from. If you're going to be an heir to the family heritage, to the people of God, if you're going to be an heir to that, you have to be a son. So whether you are male or female, you are a son adopted into God's house by the work and worth of Jesus, his son. In Christ's birth, you are sons and you are heirs. Um, there's just uh, peculiar stuff in here that gets discussed occasionally. It says, Abba, Father, in verse 6 says that the Holy Spirit cries out in your heart saying that, Abba, Father. Well, I mean, Abba is the same thing as Father, except it's Aramaic. And the, the Father word comes to you in Greek, translated into English, so it's, it's something different. <laughs> but there's just two different words for the same thing. And the Holy Spirit that lives in you cries out that he is your Father, and you call him Father. That means you can call him that. So what God 
would do that? Why would the Holy Spirit do that in you if he, if he wasn't your father? Well, of course, he is your father because Jesus has made it so. Why would Jesus say, pray our father, which you do every Sunday and probably at other times as well, why would he say that if he's not your father? In fact, it's Jesus' father and it's your father. That's, that's what he told you to pray. He is your father. Christ was born into the world to be your savior. But he is also a part of his father's house. And he has been born to become your brother, you might say, in your father's house. He has forgiven you in his own blood. He has made you free from the wages of sin and death and condemnation. And he has made you sons adopted into the father's house, made you heirs of the kingdom of heaven. These things have been given to you, granted in the blood of Christ. That is why Christmas happened, to make this so. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.